And some of you may remember the kind of original manifestation of that, original branding, the skyline there of Houston. Um, and so I want to tell you a little bit about the backstory of our name and how we got there and what it means. So as we were thinking about all these words, beacon, ambassador, radiant, we're thinking about all these elements of what we hope our church becomes. The first word that we landed on that we were like, that has to be in the name was the word hope. That was the first word was hope. Because one of the things we did when we decided to plant the church, first thing we did was we all read straight through the New Testament with an eye toward what is the church supposed to do? What's the church supposed to be like? And it's interesting when you read the New Testament with that eye of like, we're going to start a church. We should probably know what churches are supposed to be like and do. So we did that. We read the whole New Testament um, and we kind of compared notes. And hope was a word that we kept coming back to um, because what does Jesus offer us? He offers us hope. What should the church offer the world? Hope. And hope in the biblical sense. In, in uh, the English language, we use hope often in, in kind of a sense of a wish or an aspiration. It might happen, it might not. I hope this happens. But the biblical terminology, the actual ancient Greek words in the New Testament used for hope are not that. They mean a joyful certainty about the future. That's what hope is in the biblical sense, is a joyful certainty about the future. It's not a wish. It's not a sentiment. It's not a feel-good thing. It is uh, a durable joy now because of a secure future. That is what hope means in the biblical sense. So we landed there. Um, We want to be a source of hope because our world and our country and our community feels the absence of this hope and starves for it. And that is what we as Christians and as the church are supposed to be about. We are supposed to give hope. So we want this sense of hope, a joyful certainty about the future. And I love the way uh, Peter put it in his letter, First Peter 1, 3 to 4. He said this, Praise be to God, uh, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Do you get that sense of a joyful certainty, a living hope? So this idea of hope, that was what we landed on first. And so then we thought, okay, if hope is, is what we are offered in Christ and what the church is meant to offer the world, what kind of hope is it? And that's where we landed on the word real It's a real hope. And that's what Peter was just talking about, this living hope. It can never perish, spoil, or fade. It is a real hope. It is based on a true historical event of God entering into history and actually doing something and accomplishing something, and our lives are actually dramatically different as a result of that. The gospel means good news, and that's important to not forget. It's good news about something that has occurred This has occurred, and therefore my life looks this way now, and my future looks this way now. And so that is a real, tangible hope. It's true. It's historical. You can bank on it. The hope we are offered is certain. It's joyful. It's true. It is real. And so real hope is where we went first with those two words. Um, And also we like the word real in a secondary sense of we wanted to be a church where you can be real. You can be genuine. 
about where you are, about the struggles you're facing, about the doubts you have about God, the questions you have about your faith. We want to be genuine. And so real, we like that word from the sense of it describes the kind of hope we have in Christ. And also we want to be real about what we're walking through in life. So real hope is where we went first. Um, after that, we, we were kind of like, do we just say Real Hope Church, or what do we do? Um, it's common to have the community church ending on church names, and we really liked that, so we chose to go that route. And so community was the next word we thought about, and we thought about that in kind of two dimensions, internally and externally. Externally, what we meant by community is we want to reach out into the community, We want to be out there. We want to be really serving. We really want to be ambassadors. We want outreach and serving the community to be just baked into who we are as a church from the beginning, that that's who we are, is this exterior outreach into the community. We also wanted it on an interior level to mean deepening relationships within our church and experiencing community as brothers and sisters in Christ. And and that has happened in amazing ways, and we're actually going to be investing in that uh, even more deeply in this coming year. Um, but I, I, I was looking back. Anybody here use Slack at work or familiar with Slack? We were using Slack in the early days of planning the church. Um, it's just a software where you can kind of text and send messages to each other. So a lot of our brainstorming happened on Slack. And I, I dug up some of these old messages, and um, I found this one, and it was under the heading of vision. And these are just sort of stream-of-consciousness thoughts. And it was really neat to read and, and to see how this has come to fruition. So about our church, we want a sense of tradition without being traditional, balancing grace and truth in all things. Our church is sort of classic or vintage Christianity, which includes worship, teaching the Bible, meeting together in groups, reaching out with the gospel and practical help. We want to think biblically about everything. This was something that we liked in Biola's mission statement. And then this last part, community partnerships. What real problems can we solve together? Our church should be the best friend of the community. We were thinking about this. And it's been amazing to just to see um, the growth and the steps we've been able to take toward that goal. Um, finally, the last word in the name is church. That's not a throw-in for us. We mean something by that word. Um, the, the biblical word, the Greek word in the New Testament for church is ekklesia. I'll put it up here on the screen. Ekklesia, which means literally those called out. And that's so important to remember because it refers to a people. The church is a people. Uh, the church is not a building. It's not a destination. It's not an event. So we don't go to real hope. We are real hope. Aligning our thinking with Scripture is to think in those terms. We are real hope. We aren't called to go to church. We are called to be the church. And so when we say that, when we say we are a church, we are referring to us as a people, not a place that you show up once a week. And so these are some of the things that we are thinking about. And uh, um, another thing that was uh, included in this idea of church is sort of whose is this? Jesus is the head of the church. This is absolutely crystal clear in the New Testament, and we have to maintain this outlook. I want to read this um, quick passage from Colossians to you. I love this. This is an early Christian song. It's one of the earliest Christian hymns that the Apostle Paul in Colossians seems to have copied it into his letter. But it was a song that they were singing in the first century about Jesus. Look what it says, Colossians 1, 15 to 20. 
The Son, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus above all. He is the head of the church. And this is really the basis for how we landed on our mission statement. Our mission statement is this. We exist to join Jesus in his mission to transform lives. And that his mission piece is huge. It is his mission. The church is something he established 2,000 years ago. Real Hope Community Church has been his church for the last three years, and it'll be his for the next 50. It is Jesus' church. Our message is not that Real Hope is a great church. Our message is that Jesus is great, and Real Hope is a place that you can genuinely encounter him alongside others who are seeking to know him and grow in him. We are not trying to make disciples of Real Hope. We are trying to make disciples of Christ. We're not trying to serve the community in the name of Real Hope, but in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is our real hope. And that must be, it must be our focus, and it has to also be our deepest well of joy. Jesus is our real hope.